fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Back at it, ready for a whole new day, a whole new week. Let's get this show on the road. What do you say? Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV and live streaming and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you so much. Your Millennial General reporting for duty the way we do every day, especially today, especially today. I don't know if you're aware or not, but I really think today is the most patriotic day we could possibly have. Now we have Fourth of July Independence Day, obviously a big day. We have Constitution Day, we have Labor Day, we have Memorial Day, we have Veterans Day. We have tons of great holidays to celebrate for the country. And don't get me wrong, all of them are awesome in their own unique ways. I love it. But today's kind of special. We have like three holidays that fell into one day. Did you know what they are? Yeah. So today's Flag Day. Happy Flag Day. I want to get to that in just a second because I think that's a little bit more important than what we really mention in today's in today's times, it's kind of weird when you have the political, the American flag actually um, describe a political affiliation one way or another. When you've gotten to that point, then things are just a little bit wonky. So we have that for us today. We also have the U.S. Army's birthday today. So happy birthday to the U.S. Army, the guys and gals keeping us strong and proud and and uh, you know defended and safe uh, every single day. So we appreciate you guys and gals so very much. And happy U.S. Army Day today. Today's also the 75th birthday of President, former President Donald J. Trump. Yeah, all of these holidays wrapped into one today. So I think today it's a special day and we need to celebrate that for just a moment because right now the media obviously is not going to mention Donald Trump's birthday. They absolutely despise that. But we have the birthday of the U.S. Army and Flag Day all wrapped into one. So wrap yourself an American flag and say hallelujah and heck yeah to USA of America. So we absolutely love it. Welcome him. We have a lot to get to today. Dr. James Stroud, he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He'll be talking about cryptocurrency and the government trying to find ways to regulate and tax cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, trying to tax your, you know, we try to create these other ways to make income. We try to find these other ways to actually distribute wealth, to actually purchase items, quote unquote, black market, I guess, because the government's not involved with it right now. And we can kind of do whatever we want to with new different cryptocurrencies popping up all the time. But the federal government wanting to regulate and tax it because now people are making money and the government's not getting a piece of it. Oh, 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 oh. So we'll talk about that with him in just a little bit. Plus, Democrats are proposing a new tax, which I think is kind of funny. One-time Patriot tax. Oh, yeah. A Patriot tax for the super wealthy to try and catch themselves up on debts because of spending $6 trillion over the last year with COVID-19 relief and other things on how to get our country back on track uh, with education or with infrastructure or whatever else they want to do. So a one-time payment of a patriot tax. Now, if you mention the word patriot in front of it, then it makes it sound patriotic and it makes you sound flag-waving hoorah uh, into the country and you're just going to be more open to wanting to pay that patriot tax, which we'll get to in a second here as well. But it is Flag Day and my curiosity today really goes to the idea that do we really know 
proper flag etiquette. Now, that may be kind of a boring topic on radio, and I'm not going to go through the whole detail of how actually how you're supposed to fold the flag, how you're supposed to represent the flag, how you're supposed to raise the flag. Although... My question is, do we teach this in school anymore? I mentioned this on the show, you know, throughout the years on the air. Uh, but I'm curious, do we actually remember how to do that? I want to go back to the time of 9-11, which was my childhood. Yes, I am 32, which means I was in middle school when 9-11 happened. Many other people be like, oh, my God, Andy, you're so young. I didn't know what was going on at that time. I just remember it was very weird. I've told the story of being uh, actually playing seventh grade football at that sixth grade football, seventh grade, seventh grade football, whatever, uh, football at that time. And uh, we still had a game that night. We actually still played. And just uh, seeing the American flag all over the place was something that was nice, but was kind of foreign because we weren't used to seeing that. But at that time, when something disastrous would happen in the nation, we would all raise an American flag. We would wave an American flag. We would be proud of an American flag. We would have American flags on our T-shirts. We would have an American flag uh, glasses. We would be waving it. We'd have it in the back of our trucks or our motorcycles. We would see an American flag everywhere. In fact, shortly after 9-11, we were so united in the country. I remember very vividly the headline news reports that were running at that time was the fact that we had littering issues across New York City because too many people were putting American flag bumper stickers on poles, light poles, and stop signs and everything else to where they were falling off and flying through the wind, and there was littering issues all over the city of New York. That was the problem because there were too many people putting American flag stickers everywhere. Now, a little bit different story. If 9-11 or something like that happened, an attack on U.S. happened today, do you think we would see a unified voice of flag-waving, of American patriotism, of people loving this country? Probably not. Probably not, because then we had the Jeremiah Wrights and chickens are coming home to roost. We had those idiots that were then, and they're kind of grown now. We have these socialists that are like, oh, well, I mean, just look at the critical race theory individuals. Oh, well, the country's racist anyway, so we kind of deserved it. We have some libertarian fringes that are like, well, you know, we were isolated. We need to be isolationists and we were invading other people's territory. So we kind of deserved it. And you know what? It's all our fault and it's not their fault. We have so many different um, hate monger groups out there. And I'm not saying libertarians or anybody else are hate mongers, but there are some that just really despise the country to the point where we have forgotten about what the true representation of the American flag actually is. And I like to use this platform every once in a while to hype up our patriotism, to give you that boost of energy, to say, heck yeah, I love this country more so than any other place on the face of the earth. I like to do that because I get into it like that myself. But I don't think we really teach flag etiquette in the schools any longer. I remember in middle school, eighth grade, going before going into high school, after I had moved from Ohio to Colorado, I remember I went to my social studies class in my new school trying to figure everything out, and we learned how to properly fold an American flag. We didn't necessarily learn how to raise it or how to fly it, but we learned how to fold it. We remembered what the 13 stripes are about, the 50 states, we remembered the colors. That was part of my civics and in, in U.S. history class in eighth grade. I don't think they do that anymore, especially if we're going towards this whole critical race theory mindset in the nation. But one thing that has concerned me, because I see a lot of debate about it on social media quite a bit, is when you do raise or when you do have the flag being shown on what side the blue and the stars are actually supposed to be on, which it did confirm what I thought. And people have argued with me about this for some reason. But when you if you sit it and you sit it vertically to where it's long wise up and down, 
the blue is supposed to be on the left, the top left corner, not the top right corner. The top left corner, uh, according to military.com, when displayed either horizontally or vertically against a wall or other flat surface, the Union blue field of stars should be upmost and to the flag's own right, that is to the observer's left. So if you're the flag looking out, you would be on the right side. If you're the observer looking at the flag, it would be on the left side. Uh, and I believe that's because it's opposite when it's on the patch on the military, right? I don't know. I was not in the military, but I think it's opposite when it's on the actual patch on the military uniform. But I've always put it that way, and I've gotten criticism for some reason because like, Andy, you got to flip it around. It's supposed to be the other way. But when you hang it either horizontally or vertically... That to the observer looking at the flag, the blue field of stars is supposed to be on the top left corner uh, for the flag. So I find that kind of interesting because I, it validates. I, I was 90% sure I was right, but I had to make sure and I had to double check uh, with the code of conduct according to military.com before I actually went any further. But those are the kind of things we don't get taught anymore, which explains a lot in the nation, doesn't it? With so many that disrespect the flag, the ones that kneel during the national anthem at many of their sporting events, the ones that maybe burn the flag, the ones that disgrace the flag, because they're not taught respect for one, because you have the right, quote unquote, to do it. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Kind of that moral boundary of, yeah, you technically can physically do it, but should you? And a lot of those just push that back. Well, I have the, I, sh I can, therefore I will until you get mad at me, because then you're infringing your moral values onto me, man. And that's the argument that they have because they're really just punk kids and they really just, you know, like to cause issues just to cause issues instead of actually having a little bit of respect. You have the right to do it, but just remember why you have that right to do it. Because if you did that in any other nation, you would probably get the guilty. Uh -huh. And it's probably not the best uh, idea to do. So just remember that when you go about hating the country that gives you the right to hate that country. Um, but if we taught the respect for the flag, if we taught the respect for the Constitution, if we taught the respect for the Founding Fathers all the way back when, when we were little, then maybe we would have a little bit more respect for us right now. There's a study that shows that the the core foundation of someone's belief system, of like how they view the world, how they interpret the world around them, how they interpret the, the reality that is around them in this 3D world here, when you uh, the core foundation of how they believe the world functions is within those first couple of years of the education system, the preschool, the kindergarten, first, second, third grades. Those are the grades right there that, that set the foundation for everything based on their observations, based on what they're being taught. And if they're not being taught respect at that level for the American flag or for the Constitution or for the Founding Fathers or for anything, then it's out the window and you can't instill that later. Or if they have a foundation and you try to rattle that foundation later, it's very difficult to break that mold away from it. And we're really starting to see that, I think, with current events right now as well, with COVID-19, for example. I mean, now that we're seeing more information coming about how we've been lied to, how we've been manipulated with Fauci's emails, how we can't spread the virus if, we're as if, we're not as if we are asymptomatic, if we're not symptomatic, where the cloth masks don't actually work, where the PCR testing is actually bogus, and we're seeing a lot of false positives, which is why around the time that Biden got into office, the World Health Organization said to stop doing PCR testing and kind of limited the amount of tests. And then we saw the numbers chopper like, oh, yeah, look at that. Joe Biden's actually solving everything. While all of this information starting to come out, the origins of the virus, where it came from, how it got engineered, all that stuff, as we're learning more about it, the core foundational belief system that many have had over the last year about the virus is very scary it kills everybody 
We need to wear the mask. We need to wear three masks. We need to get the vaccine as soon as it comes out. We need to stay away from people. We can be spreading the virus even if we don't have any. All of these beliefs that we've been told over the last year that people really took to heart as a concern are starting to crumble. That foundation of someone's belief system is starting to crumble, and they have two ways to act upon this information as it starts to come out. You can do it in the typical progressive liberal way, which is I'm going to deepen my uh, you know, my heels in the sand, and even if I'm wrong, I'm going to defend that position because I don't want to be proven wrong because that shakes up my core personality of who I actually am. Or you can be open to it and be like, wow, I was lied to the entire time, and now my eyes are open. And you can look at that on many different aspects, but COVID's a perfect example of that. So if you get back to the core value of children with the flag and the lack of respect, and then you try to teach them, hey, you need to respect that, they have no connection to it. They have you know, no emotion to it. They have no way to understand why it's so important to respect the American flag, how to properly fold it, how to properly raise it, how to properly display it. Uh, they don't grasp it because there's no emotional connection there there's no foundation that was actually built at that younger level and once you get older it's really unless you have some type of like near-death experience crazy accident you really don't get a whole lot of emotional connection to something that you didn't have all the way back when as a child so how do you get my generation who hasn't been instilled with that uh, maybe or a little bit younger than me how do we get that generation to start respecting it when they weren't taught that at a young age, or do we just have to write them off and move forward to a younger generation that's up and coming now to bring it back later on down the road and hope that it's still there by the time they get up to a position of political power? Kind of a concerning yet interesting thought of the day for a Monday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. we got a lot to get to today. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great Republic.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, doing the thing the way we do every single day. We appreciate you. So, shaking up that core belief system, it's a very difficult thing, but it's a good thing sometimes. What you need to do is you need to have your foundation, whether it's politically, whether it's religiously, whether it's life wise, whether it's commonsensical wise, and then you challenge it all the time, constantly. And if you're right, then it gets emboldened and strengthened because you can you can challenge it in any way, shape, or form, and it still prevails and it still comes out. Uh, and if you have those core beliefs and you challenge it and it becomes weak and shaky, then you start to question it. So that way you can build a proper, strong foundation for yourself in whatever aspect of your life that you're looking at here, whether it's relationship-wise, whether it's, again, spiritually, whether it's politically. I mean, you want to challenge it all the time because that's how you make yourself a better person, not to preach it to you or try to be some kind of weird, you know, political guru. Although we are your political guru on here, and you can always uh, vent to us because you're, we are your political psychologist as well. You can email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. Let me know your problems, and we will therify you, baby. That's what we're all about here on the program. Let me help you get through your political uh, issues of the day. But when you challenge those beliefs, hopefully the idea is that you can embolden them. Now, that doesn't mean that you put on the blinders and try to twist it, manipulate it to fit your own agenda, because then you're just living in a delusional world. For example, uh, there's been an ongoing social media issue throughout the weekend that I had some fun with where I posted a story and it's on a government research paper where they were doing studies on the PCR test. For COVID-19. Now, I posted it from the Royal College of Physicians on the clinical medicine, the impact of false positivity COVID-19 results in an area of low prevalence. And I posted it because it showed that there was a large number of PCR testing for COVID-19 that was inaccurate, totally inaccurate. Like we had false positives at like an 80 to 90 percent rate. Um, Now, I did make a mistake. And I'll be the first one to clarify. I said that there was a 95% inaccuracy rate of false positive testing when I made the post. I did make a mistake there because apparently I fat fingered the number and I punched in the wrong thing and it gave me 95% when really, according to this, would be roughly more than an 85% inaccuracy rate. So I'm sorry. I know I screwed up my entire point because 85% false positivity rates. I mean, that's okay. 95%. Andy, you're just pushing it a little bit too far. Now, what it did was it took an original study from the United Kingdom where they tested the COVID-19 testing programs and showed that they were actually at 95% accurate for PCR testing. And by the way, the study was done back in January. The results of their test, they took that test. Now, they didn't use that test. They used that as an idea for their background to do their own study. Their results came up as this way. 31 throat swabs were done for testing. Uh, for the SARS-CoV-2 RT-PCR testing. Uh, Twelve of the patients were very symptomatic, with the remaining 19 included five patients screened operative, yada, yada. Uh, Where it came to, let me see if I can find the point that I wanted to make here that I just completely lost, because why the heck not? Uh, What it came down to was that 26 out of the 31 only had one form of the gene. Now, there are three different genes that the PCR testing tests for. The N15, the C gene, the N15 uh, Cepheid, and the N1 Luminex gene. There are three genes that really test positive for COVID. 26 out of the 31 only tested for one of the genes. Now, what that means, according to them, is that those are more than likely false positives. So 26 out of the 31 PCR tests that they did for an individual 
tested for one of the genes, which means it was a false positive. That would be an 85% false positivity rate based on breaking it down to the genes. Now, this is a more in-depth type of study than what the original UK one was done, showing a 95% efficiency rate. But if you only test for one gene on the PCR, because PCR testing apparently was not originally used for COVID-19 testing or virus testing, they found one gene in there, you're probably a false positive. So all the scare about all these positivity rates more than likely was false across the nation, shaking up that foundation. Now, people that were scared to death of the virus, thinking that it's everywhere and it's going to get you even from healthy people that don't show any symptoms, you can either accept that or continue to live in fear based on delusional numbers from the government. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Halfway through the program already today on a Monday. Welcome back into the program. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. We are more exciting than watching Joe Biden walk up a flight of stairs right here. (laughs) See what we did there? I know. People love it. The other side, not so much, but hey, we don't really care. Uh, Let's go right to our guest. I'm super excited about this. As you know, cryptocurrency has been kind of an interesting conversation for a while now. And as you know, I've slowly been trying to understand. We've had a lot of guests on the program talking about the markets, talking about digital currency and cryptocurrencies and how you can get involved with it, how you can invest in it, what it actually is. I still have a hard time grasping the concept that it's just like a non-tangible thing. It's just on the interweb and you just buy a portion is not backed by anything and poof there it is it has value i just i I struggle with that because i'm an old school kind of guy that's why i have uh, a lot of times uh, just silver and we locally here in the wichita area i go to a silver dealer and i have not even just buy stock in it i have little tangible silver that i just try to get every once in a while to stash away because i like those hard tangible things but cryptocurrency is the way that we're going in society it's more digitized it's easier for a lot of individuals but because we're going that direction the big question that's been on weighing on the people's minds for oh so long is when will the government try to regulate and tax it? I know, I know. So to talk about some of that and more, I'm excited to have on our next guest. He is the co-founder and managing member for Stealth R&D LLC. You can find him online at stealth.org. We're excited to have on the program Dr. James Stroud with us. James, how are you, my friend? 
Great. How are you doing? Hey, I am doing great. I really appreciate you coming on the program. This is a brand new industry or idea for me. So I have uh, marginally, limitly, uh, have invested into Doggy Coin and Shiba Coin. So I'm working my way up right now as I have a little. I have 7 million shares of Shiba Coin, even though it's like a, a zillion percent of a cent right now. But by golly, when it hits a cent, I will be a millionaire. Do you think it's going to happen? <laughs> oh, wow. I have. Uh, yeah, that's a good question on Shiba Coin. I haven't been following that one. I'm guessing <laughs> it probably doesn't have a lot of room to go up. Uh, anymore, but who knows? Anything can happen in the cryptocurrency space. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a brand new one, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I have fun with it, but um, this is a big issue because a lot of people are moving towards this right now. We have Elon Musk that said that he's announcing for Bitcoin and Doggy Coin to be able to purchase uh, vehicles with Tesla. We see other companies starting to utilize and actually accept Bitcoin or or one of the other digital currencies right now. So it's only a matter of time until the government realizes, hey, they're missing out on taxation or regulation is that the direction you think that we're going to start going here uh we're there um the government has been making a lot of moves in recent years um to ensure they get their taxes um by now i'd say the last year you really could uh do any cryptocurrency trading and um get out of taxes was 2015 and the markets were so small back then that um nobody uh was which would make enough money for it to matter, except just a few people. Now the markets are big enough that uh, it, pretty much a lot of people are, are making um, plenty of money and the government is coming after it. And they have recently gone back as far as 2016 in records requests from various exchanges. Um, some of the big ones are like Kraken and Poloniex and Gemini. Um, they weren't around in 2016, uh, Coinbase, but yeah, they've requested records all the way back then. So they're, they're, they've been taxing. It's been taxable, um, since 20, uh, since, since its inception, really some rule changes came with the tax bill in 2017. Um, and, and now they're going after their taxes all the way back to 2016. Wow. Going back and trying to get, I mean, they're missing out on money and you can't let the government miss out on money, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, that's one thing I tell everybody. The IRS just wants their money. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it's coming down to. Now, with the value of the dollar that continues to dwindle down because of massive spending bills at the federal level, because of inflation that we're seeing, because of trade deals and because of all this other stuff that we're doing, where the value of the dollar is going down further and further and further, the, the next idea that many have had was that the government wanting to essentially let the dollar collapse upon itself so we can forcefully move all of society onto a digital currency for transactions uh, is uh, for like a 100% currency for the federal government. Do you see something like that happening with the government now making that the currency of the U.S. in some way, shape, or form to have a little bit more control over the industry? Uh, I don't. I don't see them trying to take over Bitcoin. Um, I think the the dollar collapsing has been the plan for decades now, um, and it's worked. Uh, and it's it's going down. I think the government um, likes the dollar to to continuously go down because they can borrow new money and later they can they can pay it back with freshly minted money. They're the only real institution on the planet that can do this kind of thing. Um, as far as the cryptocurrency space, they they love and they hate cryptocurrencies. They hate the freedom that uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies can 
can allow people and 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 controlling their own money. But what they like about it is these are intensely traceable electronically. Um, and so the way I see the government getting involved in this is is what they've already kind of hinted at here with some new inquiries um, coming out from the Federal Reserve is uh, is you know should they have their own cryptocurrency and um, it, it digital cash I don't know what form it would take at this point they're still getting ideas mm-hmm. um, and so that's how that's the form that's how they will get involved is they will have their own. And the reason is, is because you can track it. And if they have a centralized digital currency, they don't need to uh, ask a bank to shut down your account. They have a central place. They can shut down your account right there at the government. Wow, that's really concerning. So they would create their own digital currency. People buy into it and then they would have all your information to uh, really you would have to set up, I guess, maybe like a federal government bank account, so to speak, if you purchase into this thing to where they could really hold your assets. They could hold your uh, your transactions, record everything instead of actually working with the price. This would essentially, if we went that direction down the road, could eliminate private sector banking, so to speak, wouldn't it? Yeah, they could. That that's precisely what they could do, and it could be as easy as downloading any app, as easy as downloading Robinhood app or any wallet. You would just download the wallet, and boom, you have a government account. They could transfer from your bank account there, and now they have that account. And people, it's going to be so easy to use that they will, they will, uh, people will move to that, and then the central government will have control over your accounts. Right now, we have a buffer between us and 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 the federal government, and that's our banks. And um, and if if the federal government wants to cut uh, shut down an account, you know, it's going to take some legal action. If they have it, they just press the button. So um, I don't want to scare people off of digital currencies because if it's not a government-controlled digital currency, it's not going to have this kind of property where the government can shut it down. But if it is a government-controlled central currency, it's going to be kind of the worst of every possible world. Yeah, well, and that's a, I think that's the direction the government at least would like to go down at some point. We're talking with Dr. James Stroud, co-founder and managing member of Stealth R&D LLC. You can find them online at stealth.org. You mentioned this privacy. You mentioned just the the lack of tracking that the government can do right now uh but with someone like bitcoin the the privacy of the private sector right now bitcoin or doggy coin or whatever other kind of coin you have online right now what are the privacy protections that you have can people track where you purchase your your bitcoin or your digital currency where you spend it how you hold it i mean is that stuff protected right now because like i said i don't know much about that but is it protected or are there identity issues that you need to be concerned about financially Oh yes, uh, with Bitcoin and 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 Doge, you call it Doggy Coin. I, I uh, community I'm in calls it Dogecoin. Dogecoin, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, in in these coins, uh, yes, these are all traceable uh, to the point where the government can do some forensics and pinpoint the social networks involved in a set of transactions, and in in a lot of cases, the actual individual. So if you transact with Dogecoin. Or Bitcoin, um, the government knows what you're spending your money on, and don't ever, don't ever think otherwise. Um, that's a big, that's a big issue that people in the cryptocurrency um, community understand, and they, we work on privacy actively. In it, but it's not going to take the shape of, of Bitcoin or or those other ones that you've mentioned. It will be some other cryptocurrency. There are some out there like Monero and Zcash. Um, but uh, but those are the kinds that will 
that will protect your privacy. But by and large, right now, most of the market is is not protected, and people really need to be aware of that. Yeah, I love it. we got just about a minute left here before we have to let you go. But talk about Stealth R&D. What are you guys doing if people are interested with cryptocurrencies or getting on to that type of thing? What can you guys help them with? Well, we make uh, Stealth in order to address some of the issues with Bit- uh, with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is slow. By it takes 10 minutes for a transaction that's fast for a wire, but that's slow if you want to buy a cup of coffee. Mm. Um, so we have five second transactions, not 10 minutes. And then the second thing we've done is we have feeless transactions, which means uh, when you send some coins, no, the, the, the network doesn't take doesn't take a fee from it or a miner doesn't take a fee. Um, there is a spam prevention with that, but you don't have to pay a thief. So you send a, a stealth and the other guy gets a stealth and you're only out of stealth. Um, and then also, as we mentioned, the privacy aspect, we're working on privacy in order to make stealth transactions less traceable um, by the government and um, by bad guys, which is which may be more important in terms of the privacy than even the government. So a lot of people say, well, if I don't have anything to hide, I don't have anything to worry about, that's fine for the government, but for bad actors, that may not be good. Um, and so to answer your question, where can we you uh, learn more about stealth? Just go to stealth.org. And uh, on our website, you can learn as, as much as there is. I love a stealth.org. Dr. James Stroud, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. Great information. I love to see where this progresses down the road. we got to get you back on the program again real soon. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, appreciate it very much. We'll take a break here, wrap up here on a Monday for The, the Voice, Voice Reason. Stay Reason here. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I really love how the government just finds new, unique, and creative ways to try and tax you and regulate you, especially when it comes to digital cryptocurrency. Hey, you're making money in a new way. I, I, you know, I need to tax that. Got to tax that. You know what? I'm going to go back the last three, four years. Make sure that you're not trading in this, and then we're going to tax the hell out of it, baby. It's what the government likes to do. So we have to find additional, unique, and creative ways to make money on the side. And we've talked about this in the past before. If we do go 100% digital currency, which will potentially could happen down the road a year, five years, ten years down the road, whenever the U.S. dollar completely uh, goes to the point where it has no value and you have to pay 50 bucks for a loaf of bread, which will happen at some point with the way that we're going, especially under the Biden administration and their tax plans and their payment plans. That's exciting. If it goes down that road, just imagine if you had all digital currency, you would not be able to hire that kid to go rake the leaves out of your front yard without trading in Bitcoin or in digital currency. And if that was the case, then guess what? The government can tax that. They're going to tax eight-year-olds for actually doing work because you can't give them cash under the table. When you go to a festival or a concert, I go to a con- I love going to concerts. You hand them the twenty bucks, you get a T-shirt. Guess what? You know, I'm sure they report that in some way, shape, or form as income or whatever. But you know, if it's just under the table, you get no. That's a plus tax. Got to do a plus tax. Got to cover the tax because the government loves their taxation. So the latest is the Democrats now are exploring what they call the Patriot Tax. Now, of course, today is Flag Day. Today is, of course, the birthday for the U.S. Army. And today is, of course, the 75th birthday of former President Donald J. Trump. A very hol- a very patriotic holiday where we can say hoorah, go out and wave that flag proudly this afternoon when you get home. Uh, those to- sort of things, as you know, for conservatives, they bring a tear to, our- to our eye. I get very emotional when we talk about the flag. Now, why do you think the greatest TV show on the face of the earth is 24 with Jack Bauer? Because it is not a TV show. It is a documentary on how to stop terrorist attacks in the nation. <laughs> I'm just uh, Jack Bauer is the most patriotic man on the face of the earth, and I'm sticking to it, and there's no one else that can ever compete. Uh, so with that being said, when we see the flag waving, when we hear that national anthem, when we hear somebody say, God bless America, and hoorah, and yes, let's go America and USA, it brings a tear to our eye. I get mushy. I am a hard-nosed, unemotional man. We are alpha males here, and that's what we do. We don't cry. We don't get emotional because we're men, and we work hard, and we play hard, and we're men, and we don't get all emotional. Wave that American flag. You see me ball like a baby. Because that's just the way I'm programmed. That's the foundation that I have created for myself since a very young age. Uh, And when you say you're a patriot, you get a swelling of pride. Yeah, I'm a patriot. Yeah, I'm going to fight for this country. Now, I never joined the military, so I give kudos to all those that do. But by golly, I would fight for my nation if I had to and stand up and grab my firearm and fight those individuals that may be coming for my firearms or freedom or whatever else needs to happen because I am a patriot. So when the government utilizes that and plays on those emotions for individuals, they do so in a very nice job. They create the Patriot Tax. Hey, wealthy millionaires, we need your money. We need to take more of your money because we need to create a better nation through the government. This is through Democrats from New York, uh, Congressman Tom uh, Thomas Susie, member of the Tax Writing Way, uh, House Ways and Means Committee, said that they're exploring the idea of a one-time tax 
Ha, that's funny. A one-time tax, yeah. On the wealth of the richest Americans, as Democrats seek to increase taxes on the rich in order to pay for spending priorities. Now, remember the idea that you need to find projects for the money that comes in as government as opposed to finding the money for the projects that you want to spend. Big difference on how government operation and priorities are, but Democrats obviously don't quite understand that concept. It would be a one-time surcharge of 2.5% on wealth between 50 to $100 million and a 5% tax on wealth above $100 million. Now, remember, they're already playing, paying like a 30% tax on all this, so they want to add another 25 to 5% tax on top of this between 50 to $100 million at 2.5% and 5% on $100 million. Wealthy people would be able to pay for the taxes over the next five years. That's their idea and their mindset of we want to tax because we need to spend the money for programs in the federal government, and therefore you just need to pony up and pay that money. We know you did well over the year with COVID. We know that you expanded your business. You just need to pay up, baby. Pay the money, money, because the federal government needs it more than you. I remember back in the day, like World War II, not that I was here for World War II, but I remember back in the day when the government would have to sell bonds, and that's how they would make their money because they were short on cash. We needed to make tanks and ammunition for the war, so they would try and go around and do a campaign for people to buy bonds, and they had to beg the people to purchase bonds because they didn't have enough money. Not forcefully just pass it through Congress to raise your taxes. They had to go out and try and win over the people because it was an idea that they had to sell, just like any other customer or any other salesperson in the private market had to sell an idea. Maybe we should get back to that idea. If you want to do this, you better sell it to the American people on why you want this. Podcast going up in a bit. Back at it tomorrow for a Tuesday. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice of Reason. Everyone have a great Monday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.